I work in series. Each series have different theme and concept. Sometimes about queerness. Sometimes about spiritual meaning. And sometimes about loneliness. But even though the subject seems kind of depressing, the work is really positive. I find joy in all these places. This is Object, a podcast about design and contemporary craft in Australia. I'm your host, Lisa Carl from the Australian Design Centre. In this series, we'll go behind the scenes of Australia's richest award for contemporary craft and design, the MAKE Award, Biennial Prize for Innovation in Australian Craft and Design. This episode is a special one. You'll meet the winner of the inaugural MAKE Award, ceramic artist Vipu Srivalasa. You'll hear from the judges and Vipu's strategic approach to making his award-winning work. Hello, Vipu. Thank you for joining us for Object Podcast. Wonderful to see you. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Vipu, for listeners who are unfamiliar with your work, could you tell us the kind of work that you make? I make ceramic sculptures. I usually like to make work that accessible, positive and beautiful. Can you tell me the, the key themes in your work? Yes, there's so many key themes in my work because I make so many works. But the, the prominent one is queerness, like the married equality. I did quite a few projects with that. One of them is called Love Lab. Mm. People come to my show and fill in the questionnaires about their love life. Asking, for example, like, what kind of energy do you have in you? It could be like more female, even though you're male, or more male, even though you're female. And then from that answer, I turn into ingredients and then make finger food for them, especially for it, so they can actually taste their love life. Sometimes talk about the culture change, like migrations. For example, like the project I'm doing now called Rejoy, they talk about the migration from people who are not born in Australia, like myself, you know, overseas born Australian, give them the opportunity to tell story of how moving to Australia affect them, both positive and negative way. And spiritual meaning, the one that I'm thinking of right now is the wellness deities. Uh, I did it during the pandemic when I asked the online community to send me a drawing of COVID deity. (laughs) And then I translate that into ceramic sculptures. And then I commissioned freelance writer to write about each of the deity. So the connection between the sketch, the ceramic sculpture and the writings. Amazing. And your work is quite... Colourful and, mm. and joyful. Yes. It's really beautiful and it makes me Thank feel you. happy when you see your works. The, I think the thing is, is also it's easy for people to understand my work when I present it in accessible and positive way. Otherwise, sometimes it could be too much and people just don't look at it at all. Interesting that uh, you say that uh, you want to make your work accessible for an audience. What is it about your work that you think is accessible? What aspects? Uh I think, first of all, people can just enjoy my work as it is, like the beauty of it or the, the cuteness of the work without reading my artist statement at all. They could just connect to the work. But if they want to find out more detail, then they can read the statement and then go deeper into the work. I think that's one thing. The size of it, it's kind of domestic kind of size. Also, the the beauty of it, that people could just relate to it without, uh, oh, what is this happening? I don't understand this kind of work. It's, it's not um, abstract. 
it's very um, understandable, I guess, in that way. Yes. Just like me, I think. Uh, the work is just like me. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, the humour and yes. in it is accessible as well. You mm, know, yes. Evoke a sense of joy and happiness around some quite serious subject matter as well. Yes. So mm. I can see that, yes, as you say, you can enjoy it on one level mm. for its beauty and, and as objects and you can enjoy it on another level for the way it makes you think. Yes. Totally. There is an interesting cross-cultural element to your work too. Mm. You know, you're being born in Thailand and living mm. in Australia. Do you bring much of your background from Thailand into the work? Yeah, I, you know, I thought about it so many times. I, I didn't want to bring the Thai culture sometime, but it's, it's in my blood, so it just come out anyway, no matter what I do. Also now, like with the Australian living here for over 30 years, it's also come anyway, even though I just don't want to make... Australian work, uh, but it's part of my life. Exactly. Yeah. And congratulations Ooh. on being the winner of the inaugural Make Award Biennial Prize for Innovation in Craft and Design. Mm. Amazing. Thank you. Yes, I'm really happy too. Yes. How does it feel? It feels amazing. It was uh, a surprise. I didn't know that I would win. And I'm glad I dressed up for it. <laughs> I thought like if I didn't win the prize, at least I might won the, you know, best, best dress of the night. <laughs> what did you wear for the Make Award Awards night? Black and white matching suit, jacket and pants. And the pattern is really graphic. And I got it from a clothes shop called Yivu, African company. Well, it looked amazing. You really looked the part of the award-winning artist oh, that night. Oh, thank you. <laughs> so lucky, lucky for that. <laughs> yes, but that's what's happening to well, my, all my friends as an artist. We have a thing called artist uniform. So we only wear it for the opening. So they know we are an artist. <laughs> Tell us a little more about how it feels to be the winner. It means a lot because it feels like, oh, I still got it. And it's confirmed me that to enter the award with strategy, it pay off. I often enter award because I have some work in the studio left over from the exhibition. But for make award, I actually make the piece for the make award. So I think that's confirmed me like having not just half-hearted but fully committed to making things for an award, it's pay off. Paid off, yeah. Yes. That's wonderful. Mm. So describe Diverse Dominion Deities for us. If we look closely, if we touch it, how does it feel? Oh, if we touch it, it feels... <laughs> oh, will it fall apart? Well, yeah, it could <laughs> fall apart, yes. It's sculptures of four deities. In Thailand, each deity have its own animal's vehicle, so they can travel around different dreams. So that's the idea of having the animals and little deities sit on top of them. It's made of uh, mass production uh, animal status that I found online. And then I paint it with industrial grade white color. And then I make lots of handmade flowers with cobalt oxide decorations. Then I put it together using blue tax. Blue tax. Blue tax, yes. I thought I, maybe you didn't pick it up, but yes. <laughs> and on top of that, I have a little deity made of um, air dry clay. Combine them together, yes. So you've really used a variety of materials in, in the piece. And, you know, I'm not surprised you used blue tack because I didn't know that. Mm. Given that I'm one of the judges <laughs> of the award, it probably would be terrible if I didn't know. Um, but tell us about why you chose to use blue tack and air-dried clay and porcelain in the work. Because when I read the, the, the criteria of the award, 
they're asking for something innovative, something new, something that is pushing the, the boundary that I normally make work. So from that, I thought of the diversity of clay. We have hobbies using air-dry clay. We have mass production using slip casting technique. And we have fine art using porcelain hand-painted. So I combine them together. And in a way, it's a metaphor of the diversity in Australia. Mm. Cultural as well as uh, diversity within making. Yes. Mm. Yes. The different technique, the different material, the different finish. And I use blue tack to join uh, all bitten pieces together just to create a metaphor that uh, different cultures come together. It's really good. It's beautiful, but also very fragile. So you have to actually look after them very carefully. If you don't look after them, it could come apart quite easily. And also, lots of people see it and ask me like, why they can still see blue tack? Because I made it deliberately because I want to show that when different cultures come together, they never be seamless. They always bit and pieces that never fit. But because of that, it's have room for adjustment. And it's room for us to see, like, okay, there is something that's not quite right, so we have to be careful, treat it with care. So that's why you can see the blue text as part of the artwork. Vipu Srivalaza's work Diverse Dominion Deities uh, from 2023 was a work that we came to again and again. When one is judging an award, you don't really know where you're going to go until you're in the room with the works. Vipu has brought forward a group of four objects that is a total experience, not only of his practice as a ceramicist, but a new direction in his work. The combination of finding the original objects on the internet, disguising them, but doing so in a way that brings to the forefront everyday materials, a reflection on consumer cultures, a critique of the kind of secular world in which we live, the loss of religions, the promotion of religions, the way in which each of the four objects is assembled in a way that creates an an incredibly convincing experience of these strange new forms from found objects. There's humour, there's complexity. We felt that we could stand there and talk for a long time about the undertones of the work as reflections on 21st century culture and consumption and reuse and recycling, artistic vision, a sense of humour amidst the darkness of the world. It just presents itself as a total work of art, as an experience of something highly sophisticated, beautifully crafted, completely new in his oeuvre. So we thought we have to give this the award. I am Jason Smith, the director and CEO of Geelong Gallery in Victoria, and I am one of the four judges for the Make Award. Tell me about the animals in the, the sculptures, mm. the, the deities. Mm. They used to be recognisable animals, but now they don't because I cover them with, with porcelain flowers. So it changed identity of the animals. Mm. And that's kind of like me who moved from Thailand to Australia. My identity changed. So that's part of the work as well. And you saw only four animals in the show, but in reality I have like about 10 to 12 animals that I saw. And then I put it together and see which combination work best and this mm. four is the best combinations. Mm. 
So a lot goes into making a work like that, I can see. And, you know, as you said, you use the award criteria as Mm. an opportunity to push your practice in a new direction. Yes. So in terms of the process of making a work like that for an award exhibition. How do you start making a work like this? I think I have a roughly idea of kind of thing I wanted. And then so I just go to op shop and look at the ceramic things. Do you find lots of ceramic animals in op shops? Actually, uh, op shop have a few, but eBay has a lot. Really? Yeah, but the more you look at it, the more you like these animals and the more you just keep buying. And it's very addictive. You know, you click buy and you click buy and you click buy. And before you know it, like, oh my God, like seven of them already in my basket. So the animal, the mass production animals underneath the flowers, the first one was a scroll with the big tail. Squirrel. Squ- squirrel, yeah, yeah. squirrel, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. The second one is a dog that's sitting two legs on the ball. The third one is another dog standing on the step. And the last one is a horse, yes. But they completely change. They become a mythical animals. And the colour blue, that features in your work, the cobalt. Yes. Yeah, I, I used this since 2005. Before 2005, my work is really colourful. And I have a first solo show in Thailand, in Bangkok. And I just want to make work that connect, the Thai people could connect. Back then, studio potter or studio artist is not a thing in Thailand at all, not like now. So to suddenly bring ceramic sculpture to Thailand, it just might be a little too much disconnected. So I want to, at least using color that we all understand, and blue and white is the color that everybody understands, not just the Thai people. Everybody mm-hmm. have blue and white ceramic at home. And it's linked to so many cultural exchange, mm-hmm. you know, from east to west, from west to east, and then from China to Europe, Europe to Islamic, or Islamic to Europe. And besides... Artistically, it's really beautiful mm. because I only use two colors. It makes me think a lot more creatively how to use them, not just the color, but the tone, maybe the patterns. And, you know, since 2005, how many years now? Like 20 years almost. I'm still using them and find new way of using this color palette. Mm. Mm. And you've incorporated gold into the work. As of well. course, yes. <laughs> gold is like, it reference to Thailand. All the temples, also a reference to Australia, like the gold country, mm. or Ballarat in Victoria where I live, about gold things, yes. And mm. also it looks expensive and sell really well. <laughs> <laughs> and at the end of the day. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's important, isn't it, for totally. an artist? It is totally. quite seriously. I mean, mm. it is really important for artists who are relying on making work to make an income, make a living. It's important that that work not only be appreciated mm. but also be able to be purchased and collected yes. and enable you to make then make more work. Yes, yes. As a full-time artist for like 20 years, it's really important because I don't have any other job apart from making artwork. So this kind of thing is, yeah, it's, it's part of the making as well to mm. think about it, yes. Mm. Vipu has a deep and constantly evolving practice and he's always experimenting with both the ceramic medium and the ways in which it intersects with his own cultural background and interest in cultures generally. There's so many things going on in this work. The collecting of ready-made objects that underpin the forms, but the complete transformation of those forms using the traditional ceramic floret as we're looking as a group of judges at these works and understanding 
the different ways in which he's used the floret form by decorating it in a very simple palette to create all the different features, eyes, nose, different kinds of textures. And it's, but it's the same object reinvented in different ways and then gloriously blue tacked to these grey painted things. It's provocative in the context of contemporary craft practice, but he's in full command of the process. I'm Brian Parks, I'm CEO at Jam Factory in Adelaide and I'm very pleased to be one of the four judges for the Make Award. I wanted to ask you just a little bit, this is a bit of an aside from the Make Award, but I am interested in the work that you do around gathering the ceramics community for special causes. Ah. And I wondered if you might tell us a little bit about what your motivation is in in doing that. I think when natural disaster happened, the whole world want to help. But I feel like as an artist, I couldn't donate so much money. Mm. Um, I feel helpless. I want to help, but I don't know. So I thought like, oh, maybe I just, you know, put it online and see what happened and ask a few friends to donate pieces. So I start a lot of charity projects called Clay for, Clay for Nepal, Clay for Australia and Clay for so many different things. And then it become bigger and bigger. With the Australian bushfire a few years ago, that's like blow up the whole project because so many artists, not just Australian, but around the world want to donate their work. And they kind of feel the same way as I am as an artist. So we donate the work and then people buy it and then we can use that money to to help out other people. And Mm -hmm. with the social media, it's helped connect people from around the world to the project. Oh, that's fantastic. Uh, Yeah, you started a movement. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> not sure. It's about, yeah, the clay for movement. Yeah, yeah, it would be great to see more of these happening. So tell me also, um, ceramics is is very hot right now, Vipu. Oh God, yes. And if you don't do ceramic, you're so yes today. Why is that the case? Tell me, why is that the case? Why do you? Because it's sexy. Ah, oh, it is sexy. Like is? you're touching clay, and oh my God, it's so sensual. Yeah, I think it's because you have to let go of everything because you're putting in the kiln, and you just don't know what happened. In other art form, you actually can see the finish when it is finished. But with ceramics, even though you finish it, but then you have to put it in the kiln, and that could completely change everything. And I think it's quite addictive. It's just like uh, gambling. But instead of money, you spend your time and energy making work. And if you open the kiln and then the whole thing collapses and uh, you lost. But most of the time, you open the kiln and it's come out really nice and you win. Mm. Interesting. So what, what are your chances? Well, for me... Every year, I, I at least lost two pieces in the kiln because I forget to put hole in it. So it's exploding the kiln. I'll fire it too soon, too fast before they were completely dry. So that kept me on the edge. Okay, fantastic. And um, going back to the Make Award, I wanted to ask what you hope the judges saw in your work. I hope the judges see that I actually look at the criteria. I actually uh, make the work for the award. Hmm. What we looked for was completion in the composition and it just felt very complete. This particular piece that he submitted really had a pronounced voice and then his also concept behind the found objects and so on was very appropriate for the composition. 
My name is Hei Yang Cho. I've been chosen as the jury member for the 2023 Make Award. I'm currently the chair lady of the oldest academic association known as the Korea Association of Art and Design and also expert panel at the Loewe Foundation Craft Prize. Do you think that awards make a difference for a creative practitioner's career? Oh my God, yes. Totally. First of all, it pushed me to do something different. It pushed all the participants or all the entry to think outside what they normally make and what can they do differently. And that little thing, that flip in my head could actually turn out into a whole new series of work and move my work to a next level. Not to mention the extra price that I could do. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what to do with the price, actually. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, I, that's why I think this award is quite unusual from other awards. And also, it's one of the little awards that actually state what they want. Most of the awards is just like, just send the work in, but you have no idea how, how the judge look at your work. So I think it's nice and clear for all the next participants to look at this criteria and create work especially for the award. Fantastic. Thank you very much. You're most welcome. Thank you, Lisa. That's ceramic artist Vipu Srivalasa. You can see Vipu's work on our website along with all 30 finalists in the Make Award. Go to australiandesigncentre.com slash podcast. In the next episode of Object, you'll meet the Fung Sisters also known as High Tea with Mrs Wu. We make clothing, essentially, women's clothing. There's not really a category there for what we do. We sort of sit somewhere in the middle of fashion and clothing design and craft practice. Object Stories of Design and Craft is an Australian Design Centre podcast produced by Jane Curtis with sound engineering by John Jacobs. If you enjoyed listening, please tell your friends and colleagues about this episode or let us know on Instagram, Facebook and LinkedIn. Thanks for listening.